Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This morning, as we pause for a few minutes to consider the shape of Christ's life within us, we come to the fifth and central characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit, kindness. As we use this word in the English language, it connotes attributes like sympathy, compassion, gentleness, tenderheartedness. It's an endearing term. Indeed, who doesn't want to be kind? If the golden rule is to treat others as you wish to be treated, then certainly kindness is a virtue most recommended. Uh, The word that the apostle uses in the letter to the Galatians, while sharing some of the same connotations as our word kindness, is a far richer word, one with a longer history, the history of our elder brothers and sisters, the chosen people Israel, with our God, the Lord. It is a somewhat rare word in Scripture. I'm going to use the Erasmian pronunciation because I have not learned the new one. Christates. Uh, we find it in the New Testament only in Paul's letters and in the Septuagint only in its rendering of the Psalter. In its most broad sense, Christates refers to the usefulness or effectiveness of something, its essential excellency or goodness. In St. Jerome's reflections on the word, he notes that it is a mild virtue, alluring, tranquil, and suited to partnership in all good things. It invites to familiarity with itself. It is pleasant in conversation and even keeled in character. As a springboard to talk about how God's kindness has taken shape within us, I ask that an excerpt from Psalm 119 be one of the readings. This word for kindness is used four times in the opening verses and gives us, I think, a clear picture of Paul's intentions in Galatians chapter 5. So let me read it again uh, and this time use the Septuagint's rendering of this psalm. You have practiced kindness with your servants, O Lord, according to your word. So teach us kindness discipline, and knowledge, for we believe in your commandments. Before we were humbled, we were going astray, but now your instructions we have kept. You are kind, so now in practicing kindness, teach us your statutes. This is an astounding reflection on God's goodness and kindness and a humble portrait of the psalmist's trust and reliance on God to not only discipline us in only the way that God can discipline us, that we may draw closer to God in repentance, but also to teach us how we might practice his kindness in our own lives. Now, as we all know, the discipline needed to practice anything in our lives is not easy. When I was learning to play guitar back in high school, my fingers would bleed uh, until I developed calluses. But you can't enjoy playing the guitar until you practice enough to develop calluses. So you plod on bleeding uh, until you bleed no more. The calluses are still here, and playing the guitar is still delightful. Uh, The same thing was true when I worked as part of a grounds crew at a golf course in college. 
my first week was utterly miserable. I wasn't in shape. Uh, I had blisters all over my feet because I had to buy new boots. So work was terrible until the blisters had broken and healed, right? And I developed calluses. Then I could enjoy the blessings of the work. It was a beautiful job. The stillness of early morning fog over a valley landscape, quiet solitude in the morning, creating perfect lines on greens. It was a wonderful job. Not the first week, though. (laughs) In St. Ambrose's homily on this passage, he notes that it was only through the humbling experienced by God's people that they would be ready with repentant hearts to serve God and delight in their own practicing of God's kindness. Listen to uh, his wise words. David is right to ask to be taught God's kindness from God himself. One who has only a superficial understanding of God's kindness would perhaps continue in his errors. He would think that on account of God's mercy, he will never be punished for his sins. But even if the Lord is indulgent, it is nevertheless abominable to live forever a life of sin. Therefore, God's kindness is not the ordinary sort, but one that always looks for progress and discipline. And indeed, this is how the Apostle Paul uses the term kindness throughout his letters. In Romans, we hear about the kindness of God. Do you have contempt on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God is meant to lead you to repentance? God's long game, his end goal in displaying his kindness over countless generations was the repentance of his people. We are not meant to use the freedom that Christ has given us in redeeming us to indulge in vices, presuming his grace and mercy. Rather, the giving of the Holy Spirit produces in us the fruit of God's kindness shown to us. There are a few passages in the New Testament which better articulate this than the third chapter of Titus. Here, Paul again uses this term kindness in his concise summary of the gospel. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, despicable and hating one another. But when the Christetos, or the goodness, and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, this Spirit he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. For the Apostle, the decisive act which characterizes God's goodness and loving kindness is the epiphany of Jesus Christ to save us according to his mercy and to give us a washing of rebirth and new life in the Holy Spirit. And in typical Pauline fashion, we have a strong line of contrast drawn between our former lives, lives lived according to our own indulgent desires and passions, and our new lives, Lives which bear witness to the inheritance which has been given to us in hope. Accordingly, the shape of God's kindness towards us is meant to become part of our new lives in Christ. 
Our experience of the kindness and goodness of God through Christ is meant to be worked out as kindness shown to others. Whereas our lives were once marked by a complete absence of kindness or goodness, uh, this word is also used in Romans 3, as Paul quotes from Psalm 14. Our lives now, given breath and life through the Holy Spirit, bear witness to the kindness of the God who has delivered us from our sins. So how does Christ's kindness take shape in our lives? Scripture's answer is stated as short as it possibly can in Psalm 37.3. Trust in the Lord and do Christates. That is, trust God and do kindness. So may we put our trust in God, that God in his kindness can teach us kindness, discipline, and knowledge knowing that the one who began a good work amongst us will bring it to completion. Amen.